Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Hi, friends, and welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your home for your daily dose of all things Hornets. Rob Longo with you once again here on the HHC. We decided to give Sam Farber an extra day off, but to meet our required quota of one person, at least one person named Sam on the podcast, I have Sam Perley, coordinator of digital media content and writer for Hornets.com with me on a jam-packed episode of the HHC. A lot to get to today. Of course, it is a game day episode as the Hornets look to get back on the right track, snap their brief little two-game skid tonight against Detroit here at the Hive, and we'll chat about the latest episode of Real Access that was released earlier this week as well, and we do have some pretty significant news on the injury front for the team as well, but before we get all that, I have to welcome, you know, of course, Sam back to the HHC and thank him for tagging along with me today. So, Sam, sorry I couldn't book you for my maiden voyage of the HHC, but I'm glad to have you with me now. Oh, no, all good. I know it's uh, it's not the traditional two Sams. I'm coming on here, like you said, to fill the quota, so... A rare lone Sam that's not Sam Farber appearance. So, yes, thank you for having me. All right, let's go ahead and start with Real Access. So this episode of Real Access was a little bit different than the ones that we normally see. If you've been following along with this program that the Hornets digital media team has just completely knocked out of the park this season, if you haven't started watching, I highly recommend every episode on Hornets.com. This episode, it opens up on kind of a a lower tone. It it highlights the injuries that the Hornets have had to endure. It begins with the Brooklyn game. That was back on April 16th. It was the first night that Vernon Carey Jr. got the start. 22-point performance, career high for him. Miles Bridges had a career high in that game as well. Uh, From there, the episode turns to the great play that Miles has had since he's moved in that starting role since Gordon Hayward has been held out with that foot sprain, and of course the dunk over Clint Capella was in there as well. Terry Rozier highlighted as well, and so is the locker room reaction and celebration following James Borrego's 100th career win 
as a head coach in the NBA. Episode is also mentioning, you know, LaMelo Ball returning from his injury over the course when the team went to New York and Chicago. And at the end of the episode, it's probably my favorite part, Sam. LaMelo's swishing shots left-handed going up against the natural lefty Miles Bridges. LaMelo has some some dance moves in there as well after hitting a couple of those shots, but that was probably one of my favorite parts just seeing how relaxed and how together this team is in a year where, you know, we're supposed to be apart for the most part, but some pretty good stuff in there. What was your biggest takeaway yeah i think you kind of touched on in the sense that that particular episode had a little bit of everything in it you had the game in brooklyn second game in brooklyn where vernon carey has his you know amazing performance 21 22 points whatever it was in his first career nba start which is really really cool and then you've got guys stepping up and you know miles bridges stepping up this month with gordon hayward out and kind of dealing with the injuries and the ebbs and flows and i think right depression's not necessarily the word i mean this is what a season ends you're going to have highs you're going to have great performances you're going to have disappointments you're going to have some tough breaks some great breaks obviously seeing jb pick up his 100th career win against i think it was portland a couple weeks ago was really really cool and then kind of finishing with a little pace seeing Lamelo ball getting his cast off having his cast removed and starting to kind of dribble basketball around with both hands up in new york um, where they were at last week. So I loved it. I think it's got a little bit of everything. It's got great access to it. And you mentioned it, but uh, absolute huge shout-out, not just this episode, but all season, our digital department, specifically Jay Starling, Nick Bowles, who I think produced last week's episode, Cornell Jones, Maggie Yang, have done an absolutely phenomenal job putting these episodes together, the scripting and everything. It's not an easy process. It's not just throwing clips together and this and that. You don't really know what's going to happen on a game to game basis. So they've done an amazing amazing job getting this together connecting the Hornets fans in a year that's really really challenging and fun and crazy and cool all in one yeah again if you haven't checked out real access I highly recommend it it's not a very long watch by any means I think this last episode was about 11 minutes or so so they're all within a 10 to 15 minute watch period and they're really informative stuff I really enjoy it and Sam you've been around this team uh, obviously a lot longer than I have for a couple of years now how unprecedented is this access and seeing what we are seeing kind of like what some people from maybe the outside sports documentary world would equate to similarly to our hard knocks where you're able to get these behind the scenes looks, you're able to see these players in their natural habitat and just kind of being themselves. Yeah, it's really cool. I think we're really, really lucky. I mean, we've had, uh, I've been around, this is my fifth full season, seventh season overall. So it's kind of developed over time. And I think too, it's just the nature of video and access and social media and things like that have all made it you know, this, the industry itself and, the, and, you know, what people consume has also devolved the last three or four years. But, you know, it's great. And that's, that's a lot of a testament to our front office, our coaching staff, um, our players, too. I mean, they understand that a lot of selling the team and getting fans excited and, and getting them interested in basketball, coming to a game is like getting that taste of, hey, look and seeing, you know, LaMelo Ball and Bismarck Biombo playing around, like seeing that sort of joy and camaraderie behind the scenes. It makes a really big difference. I think when you see players having fun, you can relate to them. They're younger. Um, so it is big. I, would, I don't know how to what extent other teams do it, but I like to think that, you know, I just know that we're really lucky being able to have this access and having a talented team that can kind of put it all together um, into a really cool, captivating, engaging product like Real Access has been this year. And I'm really excited to see where it can come next year when we got you know, hopefully next year when we have a little bit more or I should say a little bit less restrictions and things like that in place because of COVID. Definitely some great stuff in there. Once again, I highly recommend to go to Hornets.com to check out all eight episodes of Real Access. Every time one of them drops, I make sure it's one of the first things I watch when I have a few minutes 
to clear my schedule. Before we take a break, I wanted to pass along the final Dunk Hunger numbers for the month of April. In case you weren't aware, Food Lion Feeds and the Hornets teamed up throughout the month of April. And for every dunk this past month, Food Lion Feeds pledged 1,000 meals to Second Harvest Food Bank of Metrolina. The final numbers are in, and the Hornets finished the month with 78 rim rockers, meaning Food Lion Feeds will provide 78,000 meals to our neighbors and friends in need throughout the Charlotte area. So a special thanks to Miles Bridges, Cody Zeller, uh, Terry Rozier, and the rest of the high-flying members of the Hornets for helping us dunk hunger. And, of course, coming up next here, we'll have some very good news on the injury front. We'll also preview tonight's game a little bit later on as well but of course we'll get that injury news to you next here on the hhc buzz city it's time to return to the hive there are a limited number of socially distanced tickets available for each game fans can expect enhanced cleaning and disinfection procedures and an upgraded ventilation system at spectrum center because the health and safety of the team staff and guests is the top priority at the hive be there sunday at 8 p.m when buzz city welcomes the miami heat for a pivotal eastern conference showdown tickets on sale now at hornets.com Lamelo and maybe Malik Monk are back. All right, so we had to have a little fun with it. Great news on the injury front today. Rob Longo and Sam Perley with you here on today's episode of the HHC. We finally got that great news based off what we were seeing and hearing earlier this week. We knew that Malik Monk and Lamelo Ball were both close to returning to the team. LaMelo's rehab has been well-documented, like we talked about in the last segment, with real access ever since he got that cast off that's now two Mondays ago. Malik's was a little bit more shrouded in darkness. We didn't really get a whole lot of updates with him and that sprained ankle. We did see him getting some shots up before some of the road games the past couple of games and, of course, the past couple of home games as well. He wasn't in any sort of walking boot, protecting that injured ankle like we've seen with Gordon Hayward's sprained foot. But all in all, they are both listed as questionable for tonight's game as of the recording of this podcast. So here's what James Borrego had to say after practice yesterday on the condition of those two members in his backcourt. Both look good. You know, I don't have any breaking news right now, but, you know, they're questionable for tomorrow. We'll make a determination, you know, tomorrow at some point if both are a go. But what I can say is they both progress to a a more comfortable level right now. Now, we'll just have to make a de- determination tomorrow on, on what we do with tomorrow night's game. But I was uh, very encouraged. Our, our group was very encouraged to have him out there today. Sam, we've been saying for almost the past month now, when this team is healthy, when this team is healthy. Well, they still might not be 100%, and we don't know if Malik and LaMelo are completely 100%. Keep in mind, Malik Monk has missed 15 games with a sprained ankle. LaMelo Ball has missed the last 21 because of that wrist but they are certainly trending in the right direction. And the conversations that we had with James Borrego yesterday certainly amplify that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. You know, it's been it like that Clipper game that LaMelo got hurt was a long time ago. And then Malik, I think, was just a couple weeks later. And you kind of, and I think the Hornets have actually done very well. I think the record right now without LaMelo, at least, I don't know about the other two, it was 10 and 11. So they've kind of done a good job of treading water here in the Eastern Conference. You get two huge, huge parts of your rotation back Malik in the middle of a career year and then LaMelo Ball who obviously we know was just firing on all cylinders when he when he went down so if not tonight obviously soon and what more could you ask for you got obviously you know Gordon's injury is still kind of a huge hole but the team has kind of worked around it tons of teams dealing with injury right now you've got 10 very meaningful games down the stretch you're playing meaningful games at the end of the season you've got 
most of your roster, most of your rotation. I don't know what more you could ask for. So, obviously, very, very exciting news, if not tonight. Obviously, sounds like the return of LaMelo Ball, both much anticipated, is right around the corner. Those two returns are pretty much imminent at this point based off what we were all able to gather in yesterday's media availability. But one of the things that Sam Farber and I have spoken about multiple times here on the Hornets Hivecast is how important that this stretch of the season was for the Hornets and pretty much for the last couple weeks now, ever since LaMelo and Malik and Gordon Hayward all went down with injuries, we were kind of eyeing this spot on the schedule where it was two consecutive days off. Practice has been pretty much non-existent practice time that is this season just because of games every other night, back-to-back, limited space on the schedule with at least two days off. Finally, we got to that stretch the last couple of days. Still no word on Gordon Hayward, but of course we do have that good news with LaMelo Ball and Malik Monk. I asked Coach Borrego yesterday about the importance of these two days off despite heading into all of a sudden then turning the corner and going into a back-to-back. Yeah, big stretch for us. I think that, you know, it couldn't hit at a, bit, at a better time to get two days in between games for us. When you look at the 10-game stretch in front of us, to your point, to get healthy, to take a look at Melo and Monk was significant for us to have these two days to make sure they're ready to go. Um, Obviously, we'll make a determination on that tomorrow, but that's been significant for us. And then to get our legs, that mental break and that physical break. When we had that last stretch where we had two days off, we came out, it gave us a little jolt here. you know. And I think even more so now with this final 10-game run, we can see light at the end of this tunnel. And I think these two games have been, or excuse me, these two days have been significant to, to really allow us to reset, to regroup, to refocus. To get healthy mentally and physically, we're in a great position. So that two-game stretch that James Brego was talking about, that came back at the beginning of April. That was on April 5th and 6th. Now it's coming off that Boston game, which was the first game that the Hornets played without Gordon Hayward. Gordon got injured in that Indiana game the Friday before, and that was honestly probably one of the worst showings that the Hornets had this season. Ended up losing the game by 30, only scored 86 points. They had those two days off, and then the schedule got pretty easy for them. They went on the road and played at Oklahoma City, which we know what kind of team OKC is, especially in the second half of this season. And then they played a Milwaukee team that ended up resting all five starters because they were either injured or just run down at that point. And then it got a little bit harder with games against Atlanta and Los Angeles, the Lakers, that is. So it's interesting how this schedule sets up in that sense, Sam, that you know, that is the one breaking point more or less that JB points to because I didn't even look at it that way. I looked at it more as you get two days off to evaluate LaMelo and Malik and the rest of the starters. But to go back and look at that stretch at the beginning of April, I thought was really interesting. Yeah, and it's kind of weird because you mentioned it's like right at the start of April. So basically the whole calendar month and kind of circling back to our first segment, you, know, you see a little bit in real access, just kind of the ebbs and flows of the NBA season. And we all know kind of the structure of the schedule this year and a lot of games back-to-back and games every other day and back-to-back as we saw earlier this year and starting tonight. So, you know, it's, it's obviously been a really crazy season, and it's, you know, you just kind of kind of have to roll with it. And I think there's you've seen a lot of good this past month. I mean, the team has kept the team, or the players have kept the, te- kept the team in contention. I think you've had a lot of performances here and there from guys really stepping up, you know, the Jalen McDaniels, the Cody Martins, you know, for the most part, taking care of business in games. You go into that Milwaukee game, everyone's, sitting out to take care of business. So they've had a couple ones here and there that, you know, maybe in hindsight they kind of let get away from them. But you got to think back to earlier in the season, how many games did it feel like the Hornets stole in the final minute or how many big shots they hit in the final two, 20 or 30 seconds, kind of steal a win in a game that didn't really play so well. So 
all that goodwill for the first half of the season, you can afford to have a couple here and there just kind of naturally going to happen in April. So it's kind of interesting that we started the April healthy, have the injuries, and then kind of hopefully ending May, entering May, maybe even bond with uh, at least more guys healthy as we hit this home stretch. Always interesting on how things always end up appearing to come full circle. Ten games remaining on a schedule for the regular season for the Hornets, and it ends up being seven of those at home, and that all begins tonight with a game against Detroit, and then a game tomorrow also at the Hive against the Miami Heat. You can still get your tickets at Hornets.com. We'll preview tonight's matchup against the Pistons next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. It's a game day edition of the HHC. Rob Longo and Sam Purley with you. Sam Purley, of course, the coordinator of digital media content here at the Hornets, and you can check out all his great writing at hornets.com. The Detroit Pistons come roaring into town tonight. Uh, the lowly Detroit Pistons, we can also say as well. The Pistons are in the basement of the Eastern Conference with a 19-44 and 44 record, and it just has been kind of free fall ever since the beginning of the season for Detroit. Just not a lot being able to have with a young team, some fallout with guys like Blake Griffin leaving the roster, getting bought out, heading to different teams like you know the super team or not the super team, depending on if you're talking to Steve Nash or not. But the Pistons coming off a loss on Thursday against the Dallas Mavericks, 115-105 to in that game. It was a pretty impressive performance by several Pistons. I mean, you had Isaiah Stewart scoring 20 points. Sadiq Bey, who has been one of the stronger rookies of this draft class, he had 18 points and eight rebounds to go along with three assists. There is some potential with this team, Sam, and we saw that the last time and the first time that these two teams met all the way back on March 11th. Yeah, they actually, I think the Hornets ended up winning maybe just by three points. I think it was the first game after the All-Star break. And things were a little bit different for Detroit then. And Charlotte, Charlotte was fully healthy at the time. But I think it was a couple, another couple late shots or something by Terry. Or Terry had like a 9-0 run or something in the game and kind of pulled that one out. So, yeah, this Detroit team, and actually the injury report, I mean, it kind of sounds like I don't want to use the word tanking because I think that's kind of, you know, not necessarily what they're doing, but they are prioritizing playing a lot of their younger players right now. She touched on Sadiq Bay. Sacred and Boy, Isaiah Stewart, Josh Jackson, another one seems to have had a little bit of a career rebirth this year in Detroit. Killian Hayes, who did not play in the first game against the Hornets last month back at Beckham Center. So they're getting a look at some young guys, Frank Jackson, Hamadou Diallo. I mean, they're, uh, and based on last night's injury report, I mean, it's going to be kind of another game of, of sitting guys. I mean, the, their injury list is long. It's, you know, Wayne Ellington, Jeremy Grant, Corey Joseph, Rodney McGruder, Jaleel Okafor. Mason Plumley and Dennis Smith are all going to be sitting out this game. So they're taking a lot of looks at their young talent. And sometimes you can have one of those nights where that young talent just catches lightning in a bottle that become really, really hard to play against. So it should be a challenge regardless of who's playing. You know, Hornets are still kind of in the thick of things. But I think Detroit is also the worst road team in the league. So they haven't played it well away from from Detroit, and hopefully the Hornets can take advantage and get started off this back-to-back, all home back-to-back with a, uh, with a big win. So Sam's memory is pretty darn good, I may say. It was a 105-102 win for the Hornets here at the Hive back in March, and it sounded kind of like this. Mellow ball back to Rozier, five on the shot clock. Rozier drives, pull up from 10. The floater goes for Terry Rozier. Timeout, out 
Pistons with 9.1 to go. And Terry Rozier is full-on Superman here in the fourth quarter. Got to get framed this performance from Terry Rozier. So there was a lot going on back then. So March 11th, 105-102 win here at Spectrum Center. The team had nearly a week off because it was the first game back from the All-Star break. It was also the first time the fans were allowed back inside the Hive as the Hornets honored 500 frontline healthcare workers from our partners over at Novant Health. There was a lot of moving parts in that one as well. Down the stretch, you heard Terry Rozier pretty much just carry Charlotte across the finish line. He scored 12 of the team's final 15 points. P.J. Washington had a three buried in there at some point. Jeremy granted pretty much everything he could for the Pistons. He had 32 points, 8 rebounds and 4 assists. So again, you already highlighted the injury report, Sam, for the Pistons coming into this one. But the one thing that I looked at with this two-day layoff for the Hornets and then the injury news that we received yesterday, to me, you know, I don't want to say you don't play your best players against the team like the Pistons, but you also have a back-to-back in a very important game tomorrow night against the Miami Heat. So I'm interested to see how questionable guys like Malik Monk and LaMelo Ball are coming off those injuries. Yeah, it's interesting. And I would say at this point of the season, and you need every single win you can, if they're ready to go, they're ready to go because they're not going to be coming back and playing like they were when they went out. There's going to be a little bit of an acclimation process. Just getting back to the swing of things, the team has gotten used to playing without those guys for four or five weeks. Now there is a you know, process to kind of start playing with them again. Guys will play different minutes. Guys that were playing more on the ball for 35 minutes a game might be playing a little bit more off the ball now for 25 minutes a game. You know, Devontae's usage will go down. Terry's, I mean, you're kind of focusing more on the backcourt here. So I think if this was mid-January and you had 35, 40 games left, maybe you play a little bit more conservatively. I think if they're ready to go, I think they're ready to go because you can't really waste too much time. Not only do you only have 10 games left to pick up as many wins as you can to put yourself in the best playoff position possible, but there's going to be a little bit of a process, not only for the players to get acclimated to playing against, also the coaching staff to figure out rotations, figure out lineups, figure out you know who's playing where, and you know they've been doing a lot of small ball lineups. You continue doing that, you gravitate to something different. So it's an interesting, it's a good problem to have, it's a good challenge to have because it means you've got players healthy and that you've been relying on for the whole year. So it should be exciting to see how Coach Borrego and the staff kind of rework these guys back into this final stretch. A lot of home games coming up too, so I'm definitely looking forward to it. Hornets are 30 and 32 on the season right now. So far, two games below 500, trying to get back to that even watermark of 32 and 32, and maybe push a make a push at least to try to avoid the playing round to secure that six spot. A lot of jockeying to go in front, two and a half games to make up between teams like Boston and Miami in front of them, and that can get started tomorrow as well with a win over the Heat here at the Hive. But of course, got to take care of business against Detroit first tonight. 7 o'clock tip here at the Hive. You can still get your tickets at Hornets.com and we'll get things started at 7 o'clock here on the Hornets Radio Network. Pre-game coverage beginning on our flagship station, Sports Radio WFNZ will start at 6 o'clock. Sam Perley, coordinator of digital media content. Appreciate you jumping on here on the Hornets Hivecast with me. Yes, as always. Thank you for having me. All right, and thank you for joining us as well. Special thanks to Sam, and Sam Farber will be back in hosting tomorrow as we break down this one against the Pistons, and we'll take a look at the one coming up tomorrow night against the Miami Heat as well. I'm Rob Longo signing off, and in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.